you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Good Morning Football is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. Cue the Thin Lizzy. The boys are back in town. That's what we got here at the table. Welcome to Good Morning Football, presented by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. We're live in New York City. It's Monday. It's November 14th. I'm Peter Schrager. That's Kyle Brandt. That's Jason McCourty. That's Mike Garofolo in for Jamie Erdahl, who's on the sidelines in Germany yesterday, calling the game. She could not get back in time. Mike, how does it feel an hour in with the boys doing the show from that that scene? It's great. I, I've sat there before. Mm-hmm. I've sat there before. You get the cycle? I'm sitting here. I'm almost. Oh, i got to get there. That's the triple. I've, I've sat there like <laughs> when we move chairs. and sure. like, it, But that doesn't count. you got to be there for a whole show. So I keep moving around the table. We will continue to do it until we find my good side, I promise we, you. We have, we have, it's a Monday, which is a great time to talk about Saturday, who coached on Sunday. Yeah. But there's a lot more to talk about. Time for the lead block. Lead block. Lead block. Very down. Josh Allen, and a very down Bills team. This is the AFC East standings right now, guys. The Bills are not in first. The Bills are not in second. Due to tiebreakers and losses to the Dolphins and the Jets, the Bills are currently in third place in their division. A heartbreaker to a good Vikings team, but up 17 points in the second half. I must ask, is there concern... With the Buffalo Bills as we enter week 11. Yeah, there definitely is concern. I mean, Stephon Diggs talked after the game, and we know Von Miller came over. He's always saying that don't blink, don't blink. And he said, he said, we might be blinking. That's what might be going on here. And I look at Josh Allen. The interceptions the last three weeks have been rough. He threw two yesterday. Each of these past three games, he's thrown two interceptions. And five of the six have come in the second half. And you see some of those totals of how he's playing in the second half. And it's mind-boggling because when this guy is rolling and he's making the throws and he's scrambling and he's running around, you're sitting on your couch and you're watching the game and you're just like, my goodness, That's he is so good. He's, how could I ever... one of one. Yeah, how could not. I vote against him? Like, Bills are winning the division, they're going to the Super Bowl, and then you just see some of the decisions and the two interceptions yesterday, the fumble snap. You see the two interceptions versus the Jets the week before, throws it right to Sauce, and even when they won and they beat the Green Bay Packers, there were two interceptions in that game where you're just scratching your head and it's just like, why, Josh, why? And these are the things that plagued him early on in his career. I remember playing against him down in Buffalo, and we had a tough game. We ended up coming out with a victory. Through four interceptions in that game, just trying to thread the needle and make every single throw. But then that kind of went away, and we saw the ascend, and there's the MVP talks and everything going on. But right now, especially these last three weeks, as we watch him, he is struggling down the stretch with some of the decisions and the throws that he's making. And as good as this team is, they can't win with that, going against a good Minnesota Vikings team, or the Jets last week, a division opponent. So Josh Allen's going to have to clean it up. You can tell in his pressers after the game, he knows it. But now it's a matter of going out there and doing it. No doubt. And I think Sean McDermott was asked a really good question after the game. And he was asked, have 
you guys lost your edge. Mm. Like, you're flat. You've lost your edge. Now, he said no. But it's hard, it, it's hard to agree with that. And I think on the field, just speaking football-wise, I think a lot of their edge defensively came from Jordan Poyer, who's been out. Like, he really set the tone. He's all over the place. But there's so much more than that going on offensively. And I think, Jason, you're all over it, that you look at him and you're like, oh, he's the best player in the league. He's the MVP. Like, the coronation, the Bills are win the Super Bowl. But I remember years ago on this show a lot, we nicknamed him Sugar High Josh Allen mm-hmm. because it was like mm. he would be like a kid who takes some pixie sticks and was like, oh, I'm so excited. And like you, you do something nuts. Now, that's in the past and he's calmed down. And Josh Allen leads the league in interceptions. He leads the NFL in interceptions. Um, he's doing red zone once. He's dropping the snap. It's really bad. And we're going to see how he responds because... You see here in the press conference, it sucks, horrendous, it's on me, and you respect that it's accountable, but at this point, we understand you're accountable. We need you to be dominant. We need you to finish. And he's seeing things online. This People think people are saying, you're seeing the words regression, you're seeing the word choke, you're seeing all the bad stuff. So the Bills season is not over. All their goals are in front of them. Uh, it's midseason, and they're not playing great, and they have better players coming back, but like, there's just there's some backbreaking mistakes, and I know it kills him to make them, but until he stops, like this this whole Super Bowl thing, like there's other teams in the division they're going to take their playoff spot if they don't stop those. This is a sixth seed right now, like, but they're clinging to the sixth seed, and the schedule's getting easier. So really talented, great coach, all that, but like there's there's too many mistakes, there's too many bleep ups right now, and that's the only way to put it. This fine program is on every day, seven to ten a.m. Yeah. Eastern and Pacific. Tune in NFL Network. In-show promo right there. Uh, sometimes it's in Europe. Sometimes yes, it is. it's in the United States. So you have to react and you have to talk about this stuff. And you're always in the weeds. So sometimes I try to, like to try to take that you know, 30,000-foot view and step back. And it's a lot easier to do it after the fact. I can go back to the 2018 Patriots and look and see they went 2-3 and three in the midseason stretch, losing okay. to the Titans, yep. Dolphins, Steelers. You remember that stretch? Yep. Like You probably said, oh, this team is... Yeah, is there a cause for concern here? And then you eventually get it together. So there's ebbs and flows. That's the point I'm getting to. So I'm looking for a reason to look back Rams and say— Rams lost three straight last year. There you go. I'm looking for a reason to look back to this and say, well, what happened after that that got them out of it? Well, I'm going to provide a little bit of hope. Tredavious White eventually is going to play uh-huh. their cornerback. Jordan Poyer is out. Look, Micah Hyde is going to be in street clothes well, if they out. make the Super Bowl. He'll yeah. be out for the coin toss in the same gear that we saw him yesterday. But maybe, maybe there's some kind of boost on that side of the ball. As for the offensive side of the ball, I don't, <laughs> I don't have a great answer. Yeah. Maybe they just get it together and Josh mm-hmm. Allen just snaps out of it and stops throwing these head-scratching interceptions. I, I think there's still... It's just so hard to maintain it. Have you lost your edge? Yeah, every team loses its edge during the course of a season. My concern is that they might have dug themselves a hole that might be too deep to dig out of when we talk about January. This is the one seed for me all along, and if they got that home field advantage, it's so hard to play in Buffalo, especially in January. Take a look at the AFC playoff picture right now. It's actually really interesting. If the playoffs were to start today, you've got KC as your one, Dolphins as your two, Titans as your three, Rams as your four, the Bills are six. Now, what's cool is that all four AFC East teams do make wild. the playoffs, which is pretty cool. But the Bills would have to go on the road in the wild card round, on the road in the divisional round, on the road in the mm. AFC Championship game, and then fly to Arizona. Like, mm. I know teams have done it. You know, the, the Packers did it a few years back. The Steelers did it a few years back. The Raiders, I think, did it in 83, going from, like, a, a six-seater worse and going all the way and finding it happen. But... It's a lot easier when you're home in January, and it's a lot easier when you're sleeping in your own bed and you're not traveling across the country every week. Um, that's my concern, that the, the damage has been done already. And, yes, there's plenty of football left, but 
to now have to dig out of a hole, which seems like an unnecessary hole. They were up by 17 points in the second half. Yeah. They were against the Jets. They should. They were up against the Dolphins. And that, like, I don't know. I, 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 these, they're not in the NFC. The NFC, there's a lot of teams, a lot of weaknesses no. that are getting by. Mm-hmm. The AFC's loaded. Um, they beat the Chiefs and went into the bye week. Since coming back from them against Green Bay, the Jets, and the Vikings, in each of those games, they've scored only three points in the second half. Three times, three points in the second half. So that's becoming a thing, and you look for the coaches for that. A lot of problems, but I, think, I agree with you, Mike. They got hammered a couple times last year, too. They got hammered by the Colts. They got hammered by the Titans. Jags beat them last Jags year. Jags beat them, and then yeah. there they are going toe-to-toe. So we'll see. they got to get right quick. Here's Dak Prescott. And um, Mike McCarthy, probably not Tom McCarthy, Mike McCarthy after the loss. Let's hear from him. Yeah, you know, over time, you know, obviously the penalties and the things, uh, very, very, very frustrating. And, um, and you know, but, you know, that's, you got to overcome those things, you know. And uh, this, this group, this group, of, this, this group of men, they have it. Obviously, Claire said we wanted to get it for, for, for Mike, uh, and it sucks. We didn't. And that's that. There, there's, there's no way to sugarcoat it. There's nothing else to add on. Uh, we wanted to get it to Mike, but more importantly, we wanted to lay another brick on, on where we're going, and we didn't do that. So um, we're going to stick together, as I said, and, and find a way to, to make, this, uh, make this team better moving forward. All right, so we gave the stat. This is the, for the first time in Cowboys history. They lost a game where they held a 14-point yeah. leader greater going into the fourth quarter. They were 195-0 and 0 going in. They're now statistically two and a half games behind the Eagles as the Eagles play this evening. Uh, Jason McCourty, Cowboys Nation is watching. What do you make of Dallas's collapse? It's something you go on Twitter and you watch they lose this game and all the Cowboys fans are talking about Jair Alexander should have been called for pass interference on that last play and that's why the Cowboys lost. You said 195-0 went up in the fourth quarter, 14-point lead, and they still find a way to lose this game. And I go back to Peter, your conversation when we talked about Brady while we were in Germany. You called him a cockroach in, in an endearing very, way, very, very loving way. He can't kill him. He can't kill him. him. He survives and he's at the top no matter what. Best way possible, he's a cockroach. Yes, 100%. (laughs) And you look at Aaron Rodgers and his Green Bay Packers team. Cowboys with them rolling in, like, this was the opportunity for them to put them away. Packers are out of it. And that's what we're waiting for from this Dallas Cowboys team. We know about the level of talent. Dak Prescott is back. There's always questions. Is Mike McCarthy the guy? Is he the problem? What is it? And for them not to be able to complete and win this game, and this is a team that we're saying, hey, they're contenders. They have a chance in the NFC. They have a chance to challenge the Philadelphia Eagles. You have to win this game. And when you don't do that, the questions come on Monday. Dak Prescott in the red zone, throwing interceptions, not making the decisions. Mike McCarthy deciding to go for it on fourth down in overtime and giving the Packers an opportunity to just kick a field goal and win the game. And one play to Alan Lazar, they're able to do that. So this is a disappointing loss for the Dallas Cowboys, a lot of storylines surrounding the game, but this was one that I feel like they could have took the next step of putting a bad Green Bay Packers team down, and they didn't do that. So they lose Anthony Brown, the cornerback the Cowboys do, to a concussion earlier in the game, and then they've got to play Kelvin Joseph and Deron Bland. Deron Bland uh, did not have the greatest day, and it's amazing because Cowboys uh, fans, just like any fans, are always calling for, play that guy! Yep. Play I Bland. see him play, he made one play here, he should play more, because this other guy's getting beat. Well, every Every cornerback gets beat. 
Spoiler alert, Jason. Uh, so th- that's what happened in this game. I mean, there's there's little micro things. I want to take. I want to have this bigger, grander statement about what happened. Well, there were little right. things yeah. along the way, and the depth of their secondary was, ex- or lack of depth, I should say, was exposed yesterday. I really feel like um, the guy who they want to play is always the most exciting player, even oh, yeah. when his name is literally bland. <laughs> yeah, right. It doesn't matter. It's like they, it's always spicy. Um, have the Cowboys signed Odell yet? And, and I'm not even joking. Like. Um, I don't know if they have enough talent out there. Like, Dak's throwing a, a Cavante Turpin. Yeah. Uh, and, and just, like, it's CD, and he looks great. But this other thing with Michael Gallup doesn't seem to be panning out. And just, whether, never that they should or they will, it seems to me like this was a, a statement loss, a very high-profile loss, in which, like, this is when the Jones boys, like, I hate to call them reactionary or anything, but, like, I feel like Jerry is this morning, like, get him. Get him now. Get him now. Quickly get him yesterday. Get him last week. Sign him. We need more talent. We need more sizzle. I'm not even sure if he's wrong. Um, they only scored 28 points. The Packers' defense has not played well at all. And I honestly think that this is the kind of thing where there's a meeting this morning in Dallas. And they're like, what are we doing? That's a terrible loss. We just lost to Rodgers again. We're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Does anybody at the table think the Cowboys can get to a Super Bowl this year with this team? I don't. I think they're missing something. And that's just the kind of the way the Cowboys run in terms of their, their business and their talent and their sizzle. They're missing something right now. And I, I can't think of a more Jerry Jones player in the last decade than Odell Beckham Jr. And if that's what they think is going to fix it, wouldn't surprise me if they did it. Sometimes over the years, Jerry's been that guy. Yeah. And Steven's been the one to kind the of calmer. talk yeah, but, yeah. him a little bit. But Steven was on the radio the other day no, talking up no, Odell. No. So I don't think there's anybody to talk at that. Yeah, Odell right thing's funny because I think three weeks ago, you know, whether it's our Instagram or, or, or Fox Sports' Twitter, it's like, which team should Odell sign with? Yeah. And they just give you the logos. And it's like, the Bills. Well, the Bills have lost two straight and are the sixth seed in the AFC. Does he want to go there? The Rams. No, the Rams are done. Like, you could bury yeah. those guys. People say the Packers, too. Uh, the Packers! <laughs> like, bad. Odell's gonna end up signing with, like, the Dolphins and no, be like, you know what? I'll just ride this thing. Um, I look at Dallas. Get the Odell footage off. He didn't play yesterday. I look at Dallas. I don't want to see this. Get us off. <laughs> Enough. Um, Odell. Uh, you don't like the Odell talk. I like yet. Odell. I don't like the Odell talk when we're talking about the Cowboys. I know. That's what I said. You don't like the Odell talk. You didn't like what I contributed to the conversation. Did you <laughs> Right. <laughs> I think if they sign him, it's great. Tell um, us about the assistant GM, Peter. Yeah, no, I, I'm serious. Will McClay is doing a fine job up there in Dallas. Um, I, I mean, this is this is like last year we're in the playoff game, and it's you know this this decision to run the ball. And they didn't understand the snap, and then there yeah. was a problem. There was 100 million yards of penalties, and like, what do you? Where is the statement win from the Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott Cowboys, mm-hmm. where we suddenly are like, yes, they are contenders. Like, I just want one of them. I want one of them where they come away with a big victory and they hold on to one of these games, or they come all the way back and they get it done. We can get inspired by Cooper Rush in week two, but like, this would have been a great win for the Cowboys mm-hmm. yesterday. They were up 14 in Lambeau, a place they never win, and a team that they never beat. And McCarthy, which now almost comes off as like, Weird, he was wearing a Lombardi jacket in there. Like, what is this Halloween? Like, what are we doing? Um, Does he think he's Vince Lombardi? I, don't, you, I mean, it was an I, homage, I guess. Maybe yeah. if you win afterwards, you wear it and say, you know, Vince Lombardi and I, we both were coaches for this team once. <laughs> he didn't have the hat, too. You lost. You lost. And the Cowboys. I think that's just his coat. I've seen him in that before. He's, oh, it was really? just his coat. It wasn't even an homage to Lombardi. Just, he just it, it was, coat. It's kind of an iconic coat if you're yeah, the Packers coach. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. if the Cowboys coach comes out and he has, like, the suit and the hat, it's like, that's not a Tom Landry. Everything. It's yeah. just my suit. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I wear a hat in the shadows. You can laugh all you want, but like, I would love to get, come on here on a Monday morning and be like, 
Mike McCarthy and Dak just yeah. got yeah. it. Yeah. And I can't do that mm. this morning. Okay. Because there were penalties again, and they lost a 14-point lead, and we got to go to commercial because the <laughs> is awaiting somewhere. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. We saw some great games on Sunday, some overtime wins. It was a beautiful day to sit on the couch and just watch football all day. But which team had the biggest statement game in Week 10? Peter, what do you think? The Vikings usually lose that game. They should have lost that game. They're down 17 points in the second half. Maybe this is a different Vikings season. I, I think that was a statement win that the Vikings actually came out with the W. Not a, hey, they fought hard and, you know, obviously Josh Allen got the win at the end. For the Vikings fan base, there have been so many. Hey, do you want to go through them? I don't know if we have to go through them, whether it's Gary Anderson or Blair Walsh or how many games you want to talk about in the history of that franchise where – you get to that final stage and it just isn't enough. Yesterday, the Vikings at the end there, as the Bills were giving them the game in a lot of ways, the Vikings were seizing it. Can I see the Justin Jefferson catch one more time here? Because as much as we talk about the Odell grab, I'm going to argue this is the greatest regular season catch I've ever seen. I'm going to say the reason why is the stakes in the game. Fourth and 18 thing. They're usually on the other end of these crazy losses where they're up 17 at home and they somehow give it away and our quarterback fumbles in the line. It might be a change in psyche for the Vikings. It might be a change of psyche for the Vikings fans that, you know what? Gosh, maybe there isn't a giant cloud over our franchise. Maybe there isn't a giant cloud over our team. Maybe, just maybe... This year is different. They're the number two seed in the NFC right now. There's no one in their rear view in, in, in any of the standings you look at this Peter, year. Peter, you, you don't see the season just like ending in disaster it's somehow. It's week 11. Like a Zeppelin is going to crash. Like 11. I'm not going there yet. Okay, good. I'm, but I'm, I think it's sure. a tendency for the Vikings yeah. to know that it's coming. Yeah. Like, I don't want to put it out in the exit. Like, Greg Joseph will miss a, a heartbreaking extra point. No. At it will happen. <laughs> Put it in. It's going to happen. All right. Save the clip. I, I hope it doesn't, though, right? Like, it'd be cool if it didn't. But it didn't happen yesterday. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't. And that, for me, is a statement win that, hey, maybe things are different. <laughs> maybe we can breathe. Maybe enjoy our team this season. Yeah, I mean, who knows? That was a huge win for them. They'll propel. He'll make the extra point, and they'll keep on winning. Who knows? Yeah, but I'm sure the Vikings Chargers Super Bowl will be great, guys. I'm sure that's going to happen. I'm sure <laughs> it'll what, definitely that's happen. What, that's what we all want. <laughs> for me, it, it, Sorry. The, my statement win took place in Munich, Germany, and it was Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Yes, I'm going to talk more Tom Brady and Do the it. Buccaneers. Exactly what everybody wants to hear. And they beat the Rams a week before. And we're like, all right, could this be? It was like, well, the game was sloppy. Brady just found a way to win the game at the end. Well, they go over to Germany and they win this game. They're able to run the ball, something that they hadn't been able to do. So it wasn't just the fact that they got a statement win and they're on and it's two games in a row. They're going into the bye week. But it was how they won, how they won this game. Handing the ball off to Rashad White, him starting the game, looking explosive. And then on the defensive side of the ball, them stopping the run. Kenneth Walker only has 17 yards. So this Buccaneers team right now where they are, top of their division, 
coming off back-to-back wins, going into the bye week. Now they're right back in the conversations, and who knows? We know they have the talent, but they're finding ways to win these past two weeks. Who knows where they can go? Tom Brady's still the quarterback, and last mm-hmm. time I checked, he's still the GOAT. So we've been looking at the Bucks and the Packers. When are they going to snap out of it? When is it going to click? Yep. Did it click for both teams yesterday? Mm. Yeah, so I'll mention the Packers here because we were – you know, maybe if they lose this game, we're spending a bunch of time at the table this morning talking about Aaron Rodgers barking at Matt LaFleur. Yeah, definitely. Sidelines that was tasty. Uh, it was a fourth down, I believe it was. Yeah. Uh, and it just looked like the games that we've seen from the Packers this year. And all of a sudden, it turns. And all of a sudden, you got a young receiver who we talked about coming into the season. They're going to have to lean on these guys, and they're going to have to grow. And everything that Aaron Rodgers has talked about with these guys having to learn and him being hard on them because they have to come along quickly, well... You know, you're going to have to watch this growth process in front of your eyes. That's the down part to the approach that the Packers took to this season. These guys are going to make mistakes. They're going to struggle. But at some point, maybe it'll click. And maybe it did yesterday. Mm. And all of a sudden, now you're making that statement, not only to the rest of the league, but to yourselves. And your quarterback is doing the leap again. You got that, is it that Mario leap that he does? And all of a sudden, things are starting to look right. And you've got a short week. It's always good to be playing in these Thursday games with good vibes. If you can win this game, then you got a long break before a game at the Eagles, which is a huge one, obviously. But five of their last game, five of their last eight games are at home. I'm not saying it's going to happen for the Packers, but it is possible. I, I like that I'm going last in this discussion because Peter starts off, we're, we're launching this great Vikings dynasty of Super Bowls that's coming. Uh, Jason's talking about a 500 team. Mike's talking about a sub-500 team. Yep. Do you guys know who Level 2 Noob is? He's a viewer of the program. He's, he sent this tweet about 45 minutes ago, and it cracked me up. Level 2 Noob. Of course Kyle Brennan, Good Morning Football, going to spend the time talking about what the Bills suck instead of talking about the best team in football in Miami Dolphins and this year's MVP, Tua. Enjoy third place. Nice. Enough of this. Where's the Dolphins talk? I will give you a reward, you level two noob, with a tweet about the Dolphins punter. Check this out. I really love it. Thomas Morstead, you remember him from New Orleans, is in Miami now. And I think we have the tweet and the picture. There he is asleep on the bench. And someone caught a picture of him with his eyes closed on the bench. He said, I swear it's Photoshop. I would never sleep on the job. Thins up Dolphins inactive. Uh, Thomas Morstead did not punt yesterday. The Dolphins had no punts. Thomas Morstead, the Dolphins punter, has punted in the last three games, two times in three games. The Dolphins, baby, are cooking. I saw another factoid about Tua, who, uh, you know, they complete all these stats and all these crazy things. The stats that Tua has put up in the last two weeks, no one has done since Kurt Warner's MVP season. Wow. And it's passer rating, and it's yards, and it's all these crazy things. Tua's on fire. Uh, for people who are just obsessed with the MVP race, I think right now it's Patrick Mahomes and Tua Tagovailoa. I, I think I think he is squarely in it, and we'll have another segment where you debate that he is leading it. He is excellent. They destroyed the Browns. Every single week you tune in, and somebody's waddling, and somebody's dancing. They are probably the most fun team in the NFL right now. Tua's fantastic. They don't punt. They don't care. Uh, they've already beaten Buffalo once. They're fantastic. I honestly don't know... Can we guys look at, look at Tyreek here? Can we put a finger on why we are not like doing backflips over the Dolphins or why they're not starting the show? I think they were the story of September because they came out and they just lit up the world and it was Mike McDaniel here and then the unsavory stuff with Tua and his issues on the field and he came back. But like this, we, we're not even touching this win for some reason. I think maybe it's because we're getting used to the Dolphins being good and so we're not saying, oh my God, the Dolphins are good. The Dolphins are really good. Peter, what do you think? It's interesting because the three games that he didn't start and finish, you know, they didn't have success. Right. So you hold that against them. You're like, ah, well, they're not one of those top teams. Well, if the playoffs were today, they're your two seed. 
Yeah, they're so they great. They are that good. They are. And they're seven and three. They have not lost the game that Tua started and finished. Yeah. Undefeated. I think there's also this feeling of, all right, oh, now you want to get on the bandwagon with Tua? Okay. To a lot of people sure. in the media. And it's like, you weren't with Tua in the offseason. You weren't with Tua in August. So, like, there's also this Dolphins thing of us against the world, mm-hmm. especially with the fans, mm-hmm. where they're like, you didn't like Tua then. I got the quote to show it. Da, 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 da. There's like three supporters of us, mm-hmm. and they all work at ESPN. Yeah. And everyone on NFL <laughs> like, I get it. Um, but we can appreciate what we see in real time, and Tua is that dude. Quickly, Jay, you were a Dolphin last year. Yeah. You're, what do you think? Peter's right? They, they, they don't want, like, it's us against the world? Yeah, I, I definitely think they don't want all that attention because this is a team, there's not many people. People on that roster have been in this position before. Xavier Howard is a longest standing member there in Miami, and I think he's went to the playoffs maybe once, so they're mm-hmm. not used to being in this position. I think they're relishing in that combined. Peter, you're right. No one was with Tua when he was shooting in the gym, as they like to say, it. and mm-hmm. now he's balling. He's out there. He's making plays, and for them, hey, let us just ride under the radar. Mike McDaniel is fascinating to watch. We talked about it last week, him saying to Justin Fields on the sideline, just stop it, mm-hmm. and I think everybody has rallied around and they're rolling right now. If you if you weren't with us before, don't be with us now. It's what the um, Miami Dolphins say. It's also what people who row crew at Columbia say. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Not going to lie, our new version of Good Morning Football bonded a ton in Germany with the four hosts overseas. And I'm not going to lie, maybe our greatest moments in the old version of Good Morning Football is when we went overseas. And Nate, you were a huge part of that. Let's bring in Nate Burleson here as one of our favorite people on the airwaves, but also a very important part to this show and what we're all about. Nate, Good Morning Football. What's up, baby? How you doing? Uh, so, so, so where's Jamie? You got all dudes there. You guys come back from mm-hmm. Germany. It's a real bratwurst fest there today, huh? Well done. That's Good right, buddy. See where that was going. Jamie actually was working yesterday. Hey-o. She was on the sidelines. Uh, Nate, you're crazy. Uh, we were all talking about Bill's Vikings. Well, those little morning. cocktail ones. Yeah. Yes, yeah, 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 some right. of us. Right. Um, yesterday, it did not disappoint that game. The Vikings got the win, and Justin Jefferson yeah. <laughs> showed up big. I, I can't. Just, just, just talk, talk about Justin go. Jefferson. Well, I'm going to go check out. Go. Go. No, 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 no. Listen, I, I feel you, man. That catch was nuts. Um, but no, seriously, it was one of the greatest <laughs> catches that I've ever seen. Listen, Justin Jefferson is putting his stamp on the game and basically telling everybody, I'm not top five, I'm not top three, I'm the best receiver. And he said it before the season. Now, we always think about wide receivers and then we compare numbers. Now, I don't care what the stats say when it comes to going up and high-pointing the ball. Just think about the DB had two hands on. Lewis had two hands on the ball. Justin Jefferson shoves one hand up and then it's all core strength from there. Pulls it down, wraps it in, and then he doesn't even bring the other hand around until he hits the ground. You know, I... We get excited about this. You know, we have recency bias. I do. I can admit that. But this is honestly one of the greatest catches, not of the week, not of the season, not of the last, I think of all times. It's so difficult. We oftentimes say, well, the gloves, they're so sticky and it helps. That has nothing to do with the gloves. That was the men wearing the gloves. 
All right, Nate, keeping the uh, sausage theme going, the Bills' loss yesterday was the worst, right? Can I do that? That's mm-hmm. the best I got for yeah, you, Yeah, I'll see what you did there. Uh, and okay. frankly, right. fr- yeah, well, frankly, I don't want to take it that much further. But <laughs> what do the Bills need to do to close out games a little more successfully than what we saw yesterday? Uh, you know, I, I don't want to be too hard on Josh Allen because he's being hard on himself. And we're all huge fans of his. And when he's in his bag, he's MVP quality. But even he has come out over the last couple of weeks and said, it's on me. You know, we can't win games when your quarterback is playing like bleep. Um, and and I, I feel like uh, with Josh Allen, some of your greatest strengths can sometimes become your weaknesses when you lean on them too heavy. Um, Josh Allen is a gifted thrower. He's a gifted runner. He is an absolute beast when the ball is in his hands. But oftentimes, because he can do so many things very well, he tries to do too much. You guys remember uh, a couple of years back, maybe a few years back, when Patrick Mahomes was just, he was really too comfortable. I mean, it was a no-look pass every other week. He was dropping back, spinning around, running back, like he was retreating in a Madden game and then just throwing dimes to receivers. But then it got a little too risky. And I feel like there was somebody, whether it was Andy Reid, an assistant coach, or maybe even one of the players saying, just dial it back a little bit. Just just give us an opportunity to play the next drive. Don't put us in an even worse position than we already are. And I feel like that's what Josh needs to hear right now. It's okay to take a sack. It's okay to just throw the ball away. We get it. You can throw the, wall through, you can throw the ball through a brick wall. But in situations like this, especially when he is down in the red zone through that pick to Patrick Peterson, he could have just tossed it out of bounds. Well, when he's sitting there... Thinking about what does he want to do? Does he want to take this risk and try to hit Gabriel Davis with Patrick Peterson undercutting it or just kick another field goal and have a chance to extend the game in overtime? I think in his mind, he's like, I can do this. But that is the plight of quarterbacks that are extremely gifted physically. So I just feel like he has to dial it back and get back to making better decisions. I hear you, Nate. We've spent the entire morning hyping all these other teams. Meanwhile, the undefeated Eagles are getting the shaft. So they're going Monday night football tonight against the rival commanders. What are you looking for in this one, buddy? Yeah, well played, well played. Um, You know, I I feel like this is going to be one of those games where they dominate. You know, I remember a coach told me when I was very young, when you're better than a team on paper and you're supposed to beat them handedly, you go out there and do that. The good teams do that. Well, you have the, the, the tough games against the tougher opponents. But in this situation, this isn't me taking any shots at the commanders, but let's just, let's just call it what it is. On paper, paper, the Eagles should go out there and dominate this, and I feel like that is going to be another opportunity for the Eagles to put their stamp on an undefeated year. Now, Nate, we both know it's not easy to transition from the football field into the studio broadcasting and all of that stuff. Yesterday, you had a rookie in the studio, a guy doing it for his first time. Was he able to step up and perform well? Let me know how bad was my twin brother, Devin, (laughs) on the pregame show yesterday. (laughs) So you want to know how bad he was? Listen, he he wasn't bad at all. Actually, he was cool. He was calm. He came in. You know, it's hard when you come from the Patriots and everybody wants to know what's going on. How is the sausage made? Um, And he was able to tell us that. Uh, You know, I I love the fact that, you know, he was able to have fun, point to some things that we were curious about when it came to Bill Belichick and and playing with Tom Brady. And then the questions that we had about Mac Jones and is he the right right quarterback?
back for the job. But, you know, hey, Deb did his thing. man. I was just staring at him, though. I'm trying to figure out, like, how many times mm-hmm. in their lives did they pull mm-hmm. the old switcheroo? Did you guys do that often? And at what <laughs> level did you guys do it where it was really good, though? You know what I'm saying? And I'm, ta- I'm, I'm talking about, like, in the classroom. I don't know what Peter's over there laughing about. Um, but I'm just saying, yeah. did you... <laughs> <laughs> that look <laughs> JC you crazy the boys man. are back in town <laughs> <laughs> too much fun too much fun I'm talking yeah. about like in the classroom or with your mom and dad yeah. you know what I'm saying yeah. did you guys ever do that yeah, yeah. you sit in the opposite seats you don't yeah. you know yeah and it's like, the and it's the stop. nobody likes twin hijinks more than Nate but hold on Nate <laughs> just, just hold on buddy I remember uh, before the Super Bowl that was in Minneapolis, you did the sit-down with Justin Timberlake, who was going to do the halftime show, and you were just peppering him with, like, wardrobe malfunction references, just one after another, and they were really good. However, we understand here at Good Morning Football that you had a wardrobe malfunction this morning what? at the end of your program in which you were standing up, and I understand you completely ripped your sleeve. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Nate, we can yeah. even see the ink underneath, and oh, my gosh. <laughs> Now watch, Nate, just explain what happened and watch. This is going to become a fashion trend now because Nate ripped one sleeve off. What is this? Go ahead. So this morning I was getting dressed and I actually went to put on my tie and I busted the back of my shoulder open and I was like, what is going on? It might just be too much pasta. I eat crazy on Sundays because we're there from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. And then I was like, I'm going to just wear it. Nobody can see it. It's cool. But then by the end of the day, I was like, you know what? We're going off air. Let me just go ahead and flex my muscles. And I wanted to see if I can, you know, pull a Hulk Hogan and actually rip the sleeves off. Um, And and I couldn't rip it completely off because I'm not that strong. You know what I'm saying? I actually, for a quick second, I felt like Kyle Brandt because, you know, I, I can tell yeah, your shirts that, oftentimes dude. rip because you're just so swole these days. I am. And Nate, you look really good. I like it. And did, did, did your co-host well, like it? That's what happens when you wear paper mache shirts to work, Nate. I mean, <laughs> it's okay to spend a few bucks on an actual shirt. <laughs> <laughs> true. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.